Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? It's going well. I feel older this week, Amy. You are. You are older, although you are not 40 yet. No, I'm not. That is right. And I celebrated with pie. A lot of pie, as I understand. Yes, I had two pies brought to me at the office, which I think you had a hand in one of them, but I, and I appreciate that, by the way. All I did was answer questions. What kind, what kind of pie did you have? Well, we got a buttermilk pie from the right. Buttermilk Sky Pie Company here in Nashville, which is fantastic. Yes. And I have one that I have not cracked into yet. That is a milk bar pie. Oh, that sounds milk good. Milk bar online. I don't know if you've seen that or not. I have to send you a link to that, but okay. yeah, that one got sent to me as well. So I, I was pretty excited about that. Very nice. That's a lot to get excited about. Enough about me. Your first day at the executive committee was this week as well. It was. It was. Started out in the uh, the Eastern Seaboard branch of the executive <laughs> committee, which opened on Wednesday. Yeah. It, I, so I had my last day at, at Southeastern Seminary on Tuesday of this past week and then started bright and early Wednesday morning um, with my first day for the executive committee. And it was it was a busy first day. We had stuff going on all the time. It's always busy. That's one thing I've learned is that, you know, yep. people think, oh, the SBC, it's just two days a year. These other people that, you know, there's not a whole lot to do between now and then. Right. That is not so. That's that is correct. not so at all. That's correct. But so. but it was uh, good to connect with people. Had a lot of, obviously, video meetings, although next week I will be in the office. So I'll get to see people, uh, meet a few new faces and, and see some friends, but they're now coworkers. And so... That will be fun. But yeah, so just went from one right into the other. Yep. No rest for the weary, Amy. And uh, we're, we're glad to have you at the executive committee. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about some other transitions going on at the executive committee later in the show. But we're going to jump into it. Some big news from NAM showing a priority for evangelism and the next generation. They have named Shane Pruitt as the next gen evangelism director over at the North American Mission Board. Shane, uh, who will begin his role in November, he's an evangelist, Bible teacher, and has been director of evangelism for the Southern Baptist of Texas Convention, is going to come on staff at NAM really to focus in on one thing, and that is connecting with students, with the younger generation, which this is a focus that we've been talking about here already our baptism numbers overall have been not good as we they have dropped over several decades but the number in, but the drop in student baptisms is even greater and uh, this just shows kind of a new focus on let's turn that around yeah so congratulations to Shane on that he should be uh, a, a familiar name to those in the SBC preaches at a lot of evangelism conferences, a lot of state conventions, those kind of things. He's out there speaking, not just in Texas, but across the U.S. So uh, this just kind of elevates his platform a bit and helps him connect more with other state conventions and really tool those uh, evangelism departments for students, like you said, uh, that 12 to 17, 12 to 18 age group there uh, that he focuses on, but helps uh, to focus on evangelism for them. So exciting news from the North American Mission Board, just showing more emphasis on evangelism from NAM. So always good to see. Some other big news, Amy, down in Florida, another transition. Rick Wheeler, good friend of the pod. This is a big surprise this week. The Jacksonville Baptist Association over to the Florida Baptist Financial Services as president and CEO. 
Yes. Now, is it fair to say, I mean, Rick Wheeler is one of the most well-known associational mission strategists that we've had, wouldn't you say? In, yeah. I mean, well, in recent times. Yeah, that he's, I, he's a leader. He's. Yeah. I mean, there are only a handful of associational mission strategists across the country that people would know, you know, by name. Right. He's uh, been a leader. Your own. Right. Yeah. Right. And he's, he's been a leader. He's been on a lot of the task force we talked about uh, with Ray Gentry and all those guys over the SBCAL. So, yeah. Yeah, and so, and you're right, because these are local associations, so they're connecting with people on the ground. They don't have a national platform, but Rick Wheeler has just a ton of respect from his peers and others. So this is a a big announcement. I know this is tough for the churches in the Jacksonville area, but uh, looks like it will be a great thing for Florida Baptist Financial Services. So congratulations to Rick on that transition. Got another transition, Amy. Mm-hmm. Jim Smith. Uh, yes. I think, uh, who worked with you at Southern way back whenever you were there uh, and Keith was in school there. I think you worked in kind of the office with them, but he is headed to Southwestern as the new director of public relations. That's correct. So Jim Smith is no uh, stranger to Baptist communications. He's been at Southern Seminary a couple of times. He was at uh, the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission years ago before he was uh, at Southern Seminary the first time and uh, was the editor of Florida Baptist Witness and then most recently was at the National Religious Broadcasters as a vice president. So he has seen the Baptist world, evangelical world, and the communications world from a lot of different angles. So they are now actually forming the Office of Public Relations. He will edit the magazine, which is Southwestern News, executive editor of Seminary Hill Press, and then manage all of their news and events coverage, as well as be their primary spokesperson. Yeah, so congratulations to him and Dr. Greenway. Uh, We don't have it in the show notes this week, but there was a neat little story about Dr. Greenway and how he's building bridges out there in Texas uh, from the Baptist Standard. So be sure to check that out. That's at Baptist Press as well. Exciting things. We'll talk a little bit more about Southwestern toward the end of the show because there's there's a big thing coming up next week at Southwestern. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about that later in the episode. But uh, congratulations again to Jim Smith on his transition to Southwestern. Amy, big night in Nashville this week. The Dove Awards celebrated 50 years of gospel music. That's a big deal. Now, did you get to go? You've gotten to go in the past, right? I've gone the last couple of years, but with everything going on this year and the transition, it it, it just didn't work out. So right. maybe next year, you know, I mean, obviously we're we're Baptist Press now, a legitimate news source, not like our little podcast here. We should be able to get some press passes for next year and be able to cover that. We should. In person. We should. So, yeah. yeah. So the big winner, it looks like, was Lauren Daigle. Uh, she won Artist of the Year for the second time, as well as Song Shocker. of the Year. Yes, as well as Song of the Year and Album of the Year for Look Up Child, which is one of my favorite albums. I love that. I, yeah. sh- I may I may play my vinyl record of that today. Does that surprise you? Probably not. No, not at all. Yeah. Street cred right there. Vinyl record yeah. of Lauren Daigle. Oh, um, absolutely. Doesn't surprise me whatsoever. Yeah, that's that's one to add to the collection. So, But it, but she was the big winner. Yeah, she was. Uh, a couple of other awards given out that I thought were worthy. Phil Wickham's song, Living Hope, which I think was one of the best songs of the year. It won Worship Recorded Song of the Year. Uh, fantastic song there. And then Stephen Curtis Chapman won his 59th, Amy, 59, 5, 9. Incredible. Career awards with his Bluegrass album, which I didn't know he had a Bluegrass album, but it was named the Bluegrass Country Roots Album of the Year. That's did you know excellent. that Stephen Curtis Chapman had a Bluegrass album? I did not, but I'm not surprised. 
because no. some because of his hashtag music, Nashville. Right. And some of his music has that has had that sort of vibe to it. So Really? Um Okay. Yes. Okay. Do you not do you not remember it's gotta be true that he had with like Toby? Yeah, Mar- yeah that's what I'm saying. Like it's got DC to be true is not years really ago bluegrass. and he had that whole I grew up in the state where the grass is blue, so if it's gonna be believable, it's gotta be true and it's got the little riff in it. You don't remember that? Well now I do. Amy dropping some old school Stephen Curtis Chapman there. Yeah, that was my second CD I ever bought. I listened to that. I wore that was that my thing first out. CD I ever bought. Really? I wore that yeah. thing out. It was so great. It was so great. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So anyway, I'm not surprised to see him with a bluegrass album. I think that's awesome. But 59 career awards, that's incredible. Uh, saw also that Ben Mandrell, president of Lifeway Christian Resources, opened the event in prayer. So that would be a, a Southern Baptist connection there. And uh, sounds like it was a good night. When will that air? Because that's always taped ahead of time. Uh, oh, it's airing October 20th. So if you listen to this before it shows, so it'll be this weekend, check it out on TBN at 8 p.m. October 20th, if you're listening to this after. Sorry. Maybe maybe they'll play the broadcast another time. Yeah. Maybe you can catch it online or something. I don't know. But uh, yeah, October 20th, 8 p.m. Eastern. So that's 7 p.m. at the central office or the, the, the Nashville office of the executive committee, Amy. So not the Wake Forest office. Correct. Uh, all right. Well, we have an update from a state convention this week from the Dakotas. They honored Garvin Golden and increased their CP percentage that they're passing on to National Cooperative Program Ministries. Yes, and um, I want to just note the beginning of this. It was in uh, Fargo. The one state Amy has not been to. I know, in Fargo, North Dakota. The blizzard that halted traffic north, south, and west of the Red River Valley that borders Minnesota held off until the close of the final session. And so uh, it was quite wintry there already. It sounds like and the, the Dakota Missions Director said, I think we'd have snow if we met in July. So that is a state convention meeting that is not anything I'm accustomed to. Uh, but yes, Garvin Golden did receive a plaque of appreciation as well as it looks some like some really nice gifts for his service. They also approved a $526,497.50 budget for 2020, which was a slight decrease from 2019. However, they increased their cooperative program national budget allocation from 28 to 29%. So moving that up just a little bit. Yeah. And so that's exciting to see them doing that. And also they reelected President Sean Donnelly, who is the pastor at Black Hills Baptist Church in Whitewood, and Vice President Jimmy Detman, who's the pastor of Hills of Grace in Rapid City. Karen Holmes was elected the recording secretary, and Debbie Flowers was elected the assistant recording secretary. They passed two resolutions, one in appreciation for their host church, and a second giving thanks to Garvin Golden. So a couple of other notes of business in here. They announced an educational partnership with Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary uh, with a curriculum designed by Dakotans for Dakotans. Spurgeon College will provide accreditation for certificate level courses in the Dakotas. Very cool. Yeah, that's really neat. All right. So also some trustee meetings this week at three trustee meetings from the seminaries. We're going to start in Louisville, where Southern announced good friend of the pod, Andrew Walker, as the associate dean of the School of Theology, as well as the director of the Henry Center, and as an associate professor. 
Yes, of Christian ethics and apologetics. So yeah, Andrew Walker is no stranger to Southern Baptist. He's been a policy director at the ERLC for uh, a few years now and received his PhD at Southern Seminary. So he will be, I know, a welcome addition to the faculty there moving to Louisville. Uh, We'll continue being a research fellow with the ERLC, but will be giving himself to the students there at Southern Seminary. And uh, sounds like the Henry Institute is a very good fit for him as well with the work that he has been doing in ethics and apology. Absolutely. And I think he even released a, a, a book on Carl Henry Lake. They re- released a Carl Henry book this week. So I have to put that link in the show notes as well over the RLC. It's funny, Andrew works a floor below me now. And right? in my time at the executive committee, I have seen him more out to eat on Sundays after church than I have in the building. Oh, so you, and, you, and you don't go to the same church. So you just. No, we don't go free, to the same church. You, you we live the in the same <laughs> area of town. Okay. You frequent we the same places. To just frequent the same places. So, what are the it's places kind of funny. that you have? What are the places you have in common with Andrew Walker? Well, there's a Mexican place south of my church, uh, right in North Franklin, called La Hacienda that yes. we see him at quite a bit, and then also at Culver's. Oh right yeah, from the house. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's pretty funny how we've seen each other out to eat more than we actually do in. Very the cool. Well, probably not much more since he's moving to Louisville. Yes, I will miss seeing him. Yes. So. But uh, congratulations to him and all the best on their move to Louisville. And also the trustees at Midwestern met where they elected Jason Derushi to the full-time faculty and announced a record enrollment and finalization of plans to renovate the institution's library. Yeah, so obviously that's really exciting about the library. Great for the students because that's just an important part of the educational experience. And uh, Jason Derushi elected as research professor of Old Testament and biblical theology. So he has, uh, I think, already been at Midwestern for a little bit, but this was a, you know, an election to the faculty by the trustees. Uh, Jason Derushi is is really well known as an Old Testament scholar. He has a great Bible reading plan that I I love and used a while back. I'll have to see if I can find that and maybe bring that as my resource of the week sometime in a, in a few weeks. But congratulations to him. I know that's exciting to be uh, very settled in there at Midwestern. All right. So here's some fascinating stuff. Mm-hmm. Because of the digital access to books and everything now, they right. said that only 15% of the Midwestern Seminary Library's hard copy books are used regularly. Now, I don't know what regular use of a hard copy book would look like, maybe being checked out once a semester. I, I don't know. I'm just spitballing there. But it's fascinating that there are 85% of the books in the library that are not used regularly. You think that's pretty normal, though, if you think about for all libraries? I mean, just I anything. I, I, like, I think in a theological library, it's it's probably more likely because yeah. you, you're teaching the same courses and kids are reading, or kids, students are reading the same type of books or the same books for right. the same and it's assignments. A re- it's, right, and it's a research library, so yeah. you have to think. They, they've accumulated a lot, but they're, they're also going to be some very niche things that will only be used yeah. you know, for certain. I mean, I, I go and check out books. I have very niche interests, and so sometimes really? I'll check out books. At, I would not yeah. have guessed that. Yeah, so sometimes I'll check out books at Southeastern, but I'll step back and think, you know, this book about women's, you know, about women's missionary union in Tennessee is probably like written that was written in 19, you know, 40 probably hasn't been checked out for a while until I did, you know, so some, you know, probably you and our friend Melody Maxwell are the only people that read that book. So 
Right, right. So, I mean, a lot of books are very specifically niche or old journal, you know, articles going way back. So I, I think there is a real question as to what needs to be digitized and what physical things need to be kept. But it, but it looks like the renovation plans are, are great to have uh, conference rooms, faculty offices, study space for students. Yeah. So it, it makes a space for the students uh, by pulling out some of the resources and then using digital resources to their advantage. Yes, absolutely. And one of the great things about Midwestern, Dr. Allen's been there now seven years, and there's been a lot of renovations, a lot of upgrades in that main campus, that central campus area right there. I know, I don't think, have you been to Midwestern yet? We talked about this. I have not. I have not. Okay. So I've been there. I just was there last month. And the the library did, it, it was the only place that hadn't been renovated. Everything else around it had and the library was kind of the last piece. And they, they talk about that in the story here. And, and I would agree that it, it was the piece that it was the next thing that needed to be upgraded. So I'm excited to see this. Can't wait to see the finished product. If it's anything like the Spurgeon Library that they did up there, it's going to be special. So uh, they, they do things first class up there at Midwestern. So congratulations to them. And now over to Southeastern, where Amy celebrated her final trustee meeting as a member of the staff. Yeah, it was a busy few days and uh, had some real special moments there just getting to connect with trustees and donors. Of course, it's it's interesting because when we have the spring trustee meeting, I will not be there all day long and have all sorts of responsibilities, but I will go over for dinners and things and get to see people as I'm there with Keith. And so it wasn't a goodbye, but it was just a change, you know, in, in the role that, that I will play in those things. But I'll, I'll get to see people in future meetings. But it was a very nice couple of days and a real focus on the 25th anniversary of the college at Southeastern. It was the, it was the fall trustee meeting of 1994 when that board of trustees unanimously voted to open a college. So that was a real focus of the week. They approved a resolution on the 25th anniversary of the college, and they also elected Scott Pace as vice president for undergraduate studies. And, and that means he's, you know, the dean of the college at, at Southeastern. So, Well, Amy, now that you're not an employee anymore, I, I think Jonathan Six needs to give you a call and get you on the donor list and uh, get that taken care of. Okay, I want to just speak very clearly because this is always good for all faculty and administration and things. Um, I'm already on the donor list. But now you can give more. So, Okay, you know. yeah. But uh, but yeah, we we are members of the Southeastern Society, the Whitfields. Okay, are. we've been for a while, so Me too. I can so I can actually go back to the meeting next year and ask as questions. a society member. As a society oh, that's member. fantastic! And I could ask questions if I wanted to. I should come to next year finally. Yeah, awesome. All right, finally, Amy, a couple of notes, some housekeeping from the executive committee. Uh, we announced a restructuring of Baptist Press and the communications department at the executive committee this week and announced that we're looking for an associate vice president for convention news, uh, which kind of mirrors your position as associate vice president for convention communications. So uh, we are actively looking for someone to head up the convention news, Baptist Press area. The information about that and the job listing is listed in the show notes today. So just follow that story over to Baptist Press. And then also just some uh, tying up a loose end from something we mentioned last week. Uh, we had an apology that we read last week about a story that was covered in March on Baptist Press and also uh, released a more full statement this week. 
and an apology for that story and how it was covered back in March. So that full statement and text, I'm not going to read it because it's quite long. So we would encourage you to check that out, read that, and uh, kind of get up to speed on all the issues that are addressed in that. That's going to do it for the news and bring us to my favorite part of the week, this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right. So I'm going to 1996. We were just talking about how 25 years ago, uh, Southeastern had something big. 23 years ago at Union University in Jackson, Tennessee, they inaugurated their 15th president, David Dockery's, which really pinpointed a real turn and kind of growth explosion at Union University in what I would say is the Dockery era. I know this because in, I think, 1993, maybe, I looked at Union University as a high school student and seriously considered going there. Seriously considered it. And there were things I I liked about it, but I'll just say that it was not back then, the school that it is today. And in large part, that is due to the leadership of David Dockery in all of those years. But this was... And a tornado. Well, yes, but... <laughs> but the tornado came when Dr. Dockery had already done quite a bit. I remember being on yes, campus. Yes, I remember being on that campus That was more for the years. physical plant than anything right. else. Right. I remember being on campus a few years before that and seeing some of the buildings that were starting to be constructed and just the spirit that was there. And you could just see the shift and and the change that was happening. So it looks like they had a great week. The governor at that time, uh, Don Sunquist, who I remember, I think it was one of the first people I ever voted for. They had provided resolutions proclaiming October 17th as Union University Day in the state of Tennessee, and the mayor uh, declared the same for the city of Jackson. They had all kinds of um, exciting things happening. Morris Chapman, who was president of the executive committee at the time, was speaking at uh, was speaking at the festivities, and the inaugural address was Vision and Values Toward a Great Commandment University. So lots of great things in the last uh, 23 years at Union University, which um, also Dub Oliver has continued to carry on and, and uh, just make a great four-year liberal arts university experience. But in some ways, just with some of the shifts that have happened in the last 23 years, it all started this week in SBC history. That's fascinating, Amy. And speaking of inaugurations, that moves us to our resources of the week. My resource of the week is the inauguration of Adam W. Greenway on Monday night in Fort Worth. So you'll be able to watch that online on the Southwestern website. But the, the ceremonies for Dr. Greenway's inauguration will be streamed online on Monday night. We'll have some EC reps there. We'll have a full coverage in Baptist Press as well uh, from the stories and, and everything that goes on with that. Their trustee meeting is next week, so this coincides with that. So I just want to congratulate Dr. Greenway once again, everybody over at Southwestern. A lot has changed there in the last 18 months. And uh, Dr. Greenway's leadership is a big part of that. So we congratulate him on his inauguration coming up this week. You can, again, check that out, Southwestern Seminary's website. That's swbts.edu, and they'll have some information there. You can also get some information that the executive committee or SBC this week are pushing out some some links to that on social media as well. So you can watch that and, and uh, be a part of history as they inaugurate their ninth president 
at Southwestern. Amy, your resource of the week is? Mine is Adorning the Dark, new book by Andrew Peterson. Uh, that is I'm so being, excited for this book. Yeah, it's being published by B&H. So this is a big thing for Lifeway uh, that is just coming out. It's Thoughts on Community, Calling, and the Mystery of Making. So obviously, you and I have talked a lot about Andrew Peterson on the podcast. We're fans of his music as well as... You just hung uh, out with his, him last week. Hung out is... that. That's a... I went to his conference. I went to the Rabbit Rooms conference with a lot of other people. But I did get to go in his session on Rich Mullins, which was phenomenal, and uh, hear him play some music and, and things. It was a great experience, as always, at Hutchmoot. But everyone was celebrating the launch of this book, and I am really excited about this. What I'm trying to decide is, am I going to read it right away or am I going to save it maybe for the holidays when I just have some time to relax and and take in? And I I may have to wait, save it for next month or something. Headed on a trip to San Diego at the end of November. I may take it with me then. There you go. That'd be a good one. So a good good over Thanksgiving and and that time of year read. So, But you'll be at ETS, so uh, you'll have a lot more going on. You won't have time to read because I know you'll be so enthralled by everything at the Evangelical Theological Society. I'll certainly be in the history sessions for sure. So, Yes, I'm sure you will. All right, well, thanks again for joining us this week. Got a big week again next week. Don't forget the inauguration of Dr. Greenway on Monday night. We'll be pushing out, like we said, some links to that so you can watch that online if you choose to. If you're in the Fort Worth area, hey, show up. Go to McGorman Chapel. Uh, they got plenty of room there for you to, to hang out and watch that ceremony. So, Congratulations again to all of those who we talked about moving uh, this week. Shane Pruitt, Rick Wheeler, Jim Smith, everybody. A lot of transitions this week, Amy. It's like transition week here in the SBC. Uh, But uh, congratulations again to all of those who are in new places, including you, Amy, at the Executive Committee. Thank you. You'll be here in town next week. So looking forward to having you in the, uh, the Central Time Zone office of the Executive Committee here in Nashville. So thanks again. We'll see you next week. See you next week. 